Thank you for joining us at Rama for Today Radio. But she'd get up every night and take credit for it. Said, Sister, so-and-so's fasting. Isn't it wonderful? God's moving because I'm fasting. Well, I sat there and thought, I knew what was going to happen before we got here because I prayed and believed God. You're fasting now, thing well doing. Now, it'd be all right if she wanted to fast, but when she gets up and bragged about it, that's all wrong and attracts attention unto herself. She's already got her reward. Can you say amen? amen. I said, can you say amen? amen? We need to be very careful about this in this area because even if God did lead us into something, which he never has me, well, uh, you, you, you may mislead others that he's not leading and they all want to do that same thing. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching, What Jesus Taught About Prayer, on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Now you see, in all of these areas of praying and fasting and so on and so forth, if we don't have a balanced view of what the Bible said, we do more harm than we do good a lot of times and mislead people. Well, does the Bible teach fasting? Well, yes. However, there are no instructions in the letters written to the church. There are no instructions about fasting. In fact, the church is not told to fast. Now, they are told to pray. Paul, in one of the letters written to the church, our churches said, uh, you know, cease not to pray. Hallelujah. And again and again, instructions are given about prayer. Now, the only thing about fasting in the letters written to the church is that Paul just stated that he did fast. Amen? He stated that he did fast. In fastings often, he said. But, but why aren't there any instructions? Why aren't we told to fast in any of the letters? We're told to pray. Pray without ceasing. Amen, aren't we? We're told to pray. Paul, James, Peter, John, Jude. Every single one of them mentions praying in some form or another. Jude says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Amen. Peter talks about prayer from several different angles. One of them is from a husband and wife angle. We'll look at some of these scriptures in depth later on if we can get to them. He talks about husbands dwelling with their wife and honoring their wives. Now notice he made this expression, that your prayers be not hindered. Then evidently husbands and wives can hinder their praying. And husband's attitude toward their wife can hinder their praying. Don't shout me down now just because I'm meddling. <laughs> well, I'm sure of this one thing. If a husband's attitude toward his wife could hinder their praying, a wife's attitude toward her husband could hinder their praying. John, then has much to say about praying. This is the confidence that we have in him. We ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Glory to God. Amen? 
And then Paul, who wrote the most letters to the churches, again and again, as we pointed out, mentions uh, about praying and encourages the church to pray. But neither Paul, nor John, nor James, nor Peter, I didn't quote James, so I better go back to James. That fifth chapter, you know, we're all acquainted with James 5, 14. Is any sick among them called the elders of the church? Let them pray over him, north all the name of the Lord. Prayer of faith, save sick, the Lord shall raise him up. And if he committed sin, it shall be forgiven him. But the next verse says, pray ye one for another. Pray one for another. That's, that's just the lame and not the elder. Pray ye one for another that you may be healed. The fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Hallelujah. I like the Amplified Translation. It says the, the, the uh, continued fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So James is encouraging believers to pray, isn't he? All right. Paul, James, John, Peter, John, Jude, Every apostle that wrote letters to the church encourages them to pray, says something about praying. Not a one of them said anything about fasting. Other than Paul did state that he fasted. What I'm saying is no instructions are given. Now I wonder why. Well, I think the main thing is that God leaves that up to you and the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord, as he may lead you. But then Jesus gives some instructions here about it that when you do fast, don't appear unto men to fast. I've seen people get up and say, well, I'm on my 12th day of a 30-day fast. I thought, oh, dear God, they're wasting all. They've already wasted 12 days, and they're going to waste 18 more now. <laughs> I've heard preachers do it. Yeah, the Lord laid on my heart. I'm going to fast 30 days. I was holding a meeting one time to pastor. Well, she's an ordained minister too. Every night she'd get up and say, Sister so-and-so's on her fourth day of her. Well, she's going to fast, I think, 18 days. 18 or 14 days. 14-day fast. How many of you will join me? Every day she got one or two more idiots to join her. <laughs> Someone said, I wouldn't talk that way. Well, you have to wake people up sometimes. <laughs> Amen. So you have to awaken folks sometimes. Amen. Amen. And then things started happening in the meeting. People got blessed. In fact, in fact, they stated that the and they'd been pastors there. She and her husband, both of them ordained ministers. They'd been they built this church, beautiful brick church, large auditorium. In fact, the largest auditorium in the city of any full gospel church. They'd been pastors there, I think, twenty five years, twenty some odd years, quarter of a century. And they say this is the greatest revival. That is more, in, in many respects, more people got healed in the revival that they ever had. Now, they'd had others that equal as many got saved. But they said this is the most people in any meeting we've ever had that's got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In fact, tell you the truth about the matter. Pastor said there's more people who received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in this meeting than any other five or ten years put together since we've been here. Just one meeting. Think about that. But she'd get up every night and take credit for it. Said, Sister, so-and-so's fasting. Isn't it wonderful? God's moving because I'm fasting. Well, I sat there and thought, I knew what was going to happen before I got here because I prayed and believed God. Your fasting didn't have a thing well to do with it. Now, it'd be all right if she wanted to fast, but when she gets up and brags about it, that's all wrong and attracts attention unto herself. She's already got her reward. Can you say amen? amen. I said, can you say amen? amen? We need to be very careful about this in this area because even if God did lead us into something, which he never has me, 
well, uh, you, you, you may mislead others that he's not leading, and they all want to do that same thing. Amen? Well, I better not dwell too long on that, but let's just simply listen to what he had to say about it, and that he just simply says, makes this statement, that you are not to appear unto men to fast, for he says that when you do that, then you have your reward. You just got the, the applaud of men. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head, wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. Now, of course, if you're around folks, you know, your kin folks, well, they're going to know you're fasting all right. But he's talking about out in the public, appear not unto the men to fast. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Praise God. Can you say amen? All right, let's go a little further. Turn over to the ninth chapter of Matthew. The ninth chapter of Matthew. Here's something that Jesus said about prayer. Let's notice the 36th through the 38th verse here of the ninth chapter. But when he saw, that is Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, you'll notice that here in Matthew, here in the fifth chapter, and here in the ninth chapter, are two things that Jesus distinctly said to pray for. So you can know you're in the will of God. One thing about it when you're praying here. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Hallelujah. Now, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into the harvest. Well, if he wants to send forth laborers in the harvest, why don't he go ahead and send them? Why would we have to ask him to do it? If that's what he wants done, why don't he just do it? Well, for the simple reason, dear friends, that you see, the harvest is Satan's territory. Jesus made man, Adam put him here and gave him dominion over all the work of his hands. And Adam sold out to Satan. Satan became the god of this world. God can't just move in on Satan. If he did, then Satan could accuse him of being unjust, and he would be. But when somebody down here who lives here, ask him, you've got that authority, then he can do it and be justified before all the universe and still be holy God. Can you see that? All right, now. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that will send forth laborers. Now notice, the harvest truly is plenteous. Well now, does that apply today? Well, if the harvest was plenteous then, how much more plenteous is the harvest today? Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. 
right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. The first item in this offer is the book by Kenneth Hagin entitled The Untapped Power of Praise. There is unlimited power waiting to be released on the inside of every believer. The power of praise. We can overcome the trials of life and win the victory every time by praising God with a heart full of love and gratitude. Next, from Kenneth E. Hagen, the four-CD set entitled, Ministering to the Lord. In the midst of troubles, we must worship and praise God for who He is and what His Word says. As we fellowship with the Father, our faith will grow and we will be set free from the power of circumstances. Both of these items are for the special price of $22.22. That's $17.73 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Well, Living Faith Crusades are coming up. Oh, yeah. August 18th through the 20th, we are going to be in Seacock, Massachusetts. Faith Christian Center, Pastor John and Anita Pfeffer there. And then we're going on August 21st through the 23rd to Schenectady, New York. Yeah. And uh, that is a, at Abounding Grace Christian Church with Pastor Jay and Pamela Stillinger. So you can go online and look for the times and the locations. Locations, find everything. That's Just right. go online to rhema.org and you can find out all that That's information. Right. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll continue Kenneth E. Hagen's life-changing teaching. That's next time on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. <laughs> 